Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of Banking on Innovation, where we will bring you leaders that are driving customer-centric innovation in banking. And I'm very pleased to welcome today Dennis Devine, who is the CEO of Alliant Credit Union. Welcome, Dennis. Jody, thank you for having me, and congrats on uh, this first episode. Thanks. Well, you know how it is with the uh, first episode and how the media industry works, Dennis. If we don't do a great job with the inaugural episode, I'll get canceled for the rest of season one. <laughs> this is the pilot. Is that right? All right, let's do it. <laughs> That's right. So let's do it. And, you know, Dennis, I always enjoy our conversations, not just because we we share a passion for innovation and banking, but we also have common Midwestern roots. We are both alums at McKinsey. And most importantly, we're both graduates of the University of Michigan. There we go. Go blue. I know. Go blue. So what a great way to start. So, Dennis, you have a very illustrious background, uh, not just at McKinsey, but then also leadership roles at, uh, at various banks, including PNC, Citizens, and then most recently, President of Consumer at KeyBank in Ohio. How have these past experiences prepared you for your current role as CEO of Alliant Credit Union? Thanks, Joni. Um, I've been really blessed to work with some great folks and some good teams over the years, and I've had a chance to learn quite a bit. Um, I think it is that Michigan passion that brought us together, but I know you share some of these common backgrounds. You know, my first job in banking, I had quite a bit of branch operations and I was responsible for something at the time that was called alternative channels. Remember those days when oh, yeah. the internet was an alternative channel? <laughs> and um, so the pivot that's occurred in our careers where digital is now at the center of the member experience has changed everything, but the same client centricity for the best organizations to me has persisted. So to me, that means, um, you know, rather than branch experiences, it means digital experiences that are being designed by agile teams on a continuous basis. It's product design and marketing and pricing all done with an eye to how do you do the best and uh, the best things for your customers. That persists um, and has been something that folks have been great to teach and partner with me for years. That's great. Great experience. Um, you know, this industry and the time we're in right now, it's challenging for households and households are stressed. We've got rising inflation over 8% right now, economic woes. What role do you think the industry should play, banks and credit unions, in helping customers through times of uncertainty like this? Yeah, it's an uncertain time. And, and the, you know, the confidence numbers are starting to reflect that. We, um, you know, with rapid inflation has come a quick rise to interest rates by the Fed and increasing talk of recession. I think there's a couple of things that good financial institutions, strong institutions will do. One is work well with their customers around their debt burdens. Interest rates are rising, which means the cost of debt is increasing and being thoughtful about that and not overreaching, being prudent. It's good for everyone to be thoughtful about that through, the, through this approach in the right circumstances, consolidating. There is a silver lining to these rising interest rates, which is deposit rates now are rapidly increasing as well. So, um, there is savings in our economy still. And so putting that money to work is something that a strong financial institution can do. And as you know, Jody, not every institution is out of the gates by rapidly increasing deposit rates. That's a nice opportunity for the right institutions and for customers to be shopping for. 
Yeah, it's actually a fascinating time, right? Because with the rising rate environment, it's uh, it's incumbent upon banks to help consumers make better decisions, but it also puts more money in motion as well. It does. It's um, it, it's it's times like these that I think you earn the right to be a trusted partner for the clients, the members that you're serving. So it's an exciting time to be part of this industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Alliant has received several industry accolades. And it's going through its own evolution in terms of a, of a digital-first organization. Can you describe that, that evolution, Dennis? Sure. Um, we are one of the largest credit unions in the country. So 16 billion, a little over 16 million in assets today. Um, but we're over 85 years old. So the roots of this institution were uh, the primary credit union for United Airlines. And what a blessing that is, because it meant um, a great membership, but on a national basis. And so the institution always had to be good at remote service, very cash light experiences. And so today we are completely digital. We don't have any branches. So it's digital with human assist through our member care centers. Um, the benefit of that is the best cost structure in the industry. Objectively, um, without the cost of a uh, you know, a far reaching and often underutilized branch network, we're able to turn around and take those cost savings and give them back to our customers. We call them members. Um, leading deposit rates in the industry, um, very, very low fees, uh, full elimination of overdraft fees over a year ago, um, in addition to some other aspects of the structure. And so that digital led proposition is the right outcome for a lot of folks who are seeking financial services today. You know, Alliance really been, as you mentioned, around the the elimination of overdraft, almost at the at the front front edge, and uh, forward leaning in terms of digital capabilities as well as policies as well. What what have you learned from members that guide some of these digital advancements, and and how they responded to some of the changes you've made as well? Um, we try to listen closely. So at the heart of our culture and of our management routines is listening to member experience. So for example, every one of our leadership meetings starts with a member impact story. We take turns um, and we do it in our recognition meetings as well. Um, where people, it, uh, today it was led by the head of technology. Um, last time it could be the head of finance, uh, could be me, telling a story about an interaction we've had with a member that uh, is shaping how we think about uh, the work. So culturally we think that's important. Our first value is to wow members. They're at the center of all that we do. Um, but then our best analytics are around this as well. So our listening posts that shape how we're hearing uh, everything from, you know, speech to text analytics to uh, the interactions that our members are having in the digital channels. It's at the center of our um, IC, our incentive compensation, so that your whole organization is zeroed in on how do we make this the best possible member experience that can be. Um, although I suspect, Jody, like most things, the best outcomes come from just having great people on your team that are thinking about members each and every day. You mentioned overdraft. We, um, we were one of the first large institutions to entirely eliminate. No you know, nibbling around the edges. There is no overdraft fee. There is no uh, NSF fee at Alliant. Um, you could imagine the debate that occurs among a leadership team before you do yeah. something like that with a board before you do something like that. <laughs> um, and when the bold decision, one of our values is be bold. Um, think big, move fast, own the outcome. When the decision was made, there was a modicum of frustration around, why is it going to take us so long to implement this with some core system uh, impl uh, implications and others? 
and a brilliant member on the team, uh, on the technology team thought, no, we can do this and we can do it in a matter of weeks with some simple robotic process automation. We'll take the time to get the underlying system changes right, but we can make sure our members feel it right away. Um, it was driven by member experience. It was not driven by financial outcomes, that's for sure, um, because there's a give when you make a decision like that. Um, but the pride in our team, the warm response from our members when you make a decision that is as clear as that, um, we're in it for you, um, we're making decisions on your behalf, um, that's what is great about being part of an organization like this. That's really amazing. And, and now, of course, there's a sea change underway in the industry around how to respond to overdraft conditions. And I think we're actually likely to see much more um, along that realm in the, in the area of just helping members and customers better manage their cash flows, not just to avert overdrafts, but also to, to improve their financial well-being as well. I think so, Jody. And what's been encouraging is it's been competitive influences and the market innovating around customer and member experience, even more so than regulatory pressure. Right. There's been that theory of regulatory change, and it's a factor, of course, but to me, that's been really great to see, which is institutions are taking the lead to do the right things and solve customer member needs, um, and it's making our industry better. Yeah. You know, Personetics conducted some research, Dennis, and we found that during these uncertain times, 63% of customers said that their, their, bank, their primary bank hadn't reached out to them to help them manage their money during this time. And almost two-thirds of them said that ones that did reach out, the advice seemed more generic rather than personalized. So what do you think is the opportunity to have more personalized member experiences in the future? And what do you think are some of the challenges that the industry will need to address to be able to deliver on such an outcome? Personalization in our industry, I think, is so very important. So back in the day, I was so proud of the teams when they knew who was going to be making their way through the drive-through. And, you know, the dog biscuits were there and they were making their way through the drive-through so that that member, that customer would feel like the warmth that we know them. Way fewer branches today, um, you know, not to mention the trouble of staffing those branches. And so personalization today, I think, in our industry is organized around what our customers expect based on all the other digital experiences that they have, whether it be financial services or otherwise. And so they expect that we know them when they come back to our digital properties. They expect that we're going to offer insights. They're going to make their lives better. Um, in the digital properties and when we're speaking to them uh, by phone and in other you know, human interactions. Um, what do I think is hard about it? Um, I think there's one, one thing that stands out for us is the myth that any one consumer has one financial relationship today. So if banking was built on this premise of we built a relationship and all the rest of the products and services are going to be with us, I think that myth is long ago gone. And so when you're working with in our case, a member today, we are honest with ourselves around the fact that we would love to have a broad, digitally engaged, multi-solution relationship. But in many instances, they're going to have a mortgage in another location, and they're going to have a wealth management relationship in another location. And we're going to add as much value to that relationship as we can. And we want to serve and personalize that experience on the basis of what we know, but 
in some instances, and by the way, this is true, I think industry-wide, you don't know everything about that member. And so that creates, uh, it creates a challenge. Our strategy is to be as impactful to our members as we can in the context of the ecosystem of partners that they have invited in to create digital experiences that make it easy to integrate across those properties. Um, it makes it a bit harder because you might not have the complete data set, but you have to be relevant for the piece that you do. Yeah. So one other myth I might add is the myth that you've got to have a perfect data environment and spend multi-years going through a data transformation and in parallel putting your member advancements and business impact on hold. In fact, my Yogi Berra comment is that 90% of bank executives think that their data is worse than average. <laughs> so share with me your thoughts there in terms of how can you move forward in terms of improving data, but also driving impact for member experiences and the business impact as well. It's so funny to hear you say that, Jody. I've never heard your Yogi Berra comment quite like that, but I think I probably resemble that remark at each place <laughs> I've been. It's always felt like there's so much work to do on the data front. Um, and as you surround yourself with talented folks, you realize there's a lot you can do in a hurry at times to move things forward. And so um, I do think probably as an industry, we're getting better and better at, at seeing that. And so um, finding business value early on, finding wins, whether it be in credit underwriting decisions, simple personalization efforts, extending your direct marketing capabilities into your digital channels um, so that folks find wins, by the way, very measurable, tangible wins that are creating real member experience impact and business value, and then continuing to build the platform from there. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah. So Dennis, you have this very unique blend of experiences coming from regional and super regional banks and now with a $16 billion leading credit union. How has your approach to member-driven or customer-driven innovation change when you're in a credit union of this size versus a regional or super regional bank? Interesting. Um, I think no matter where you are in the financial services food chain, you always look upwards for scale. Um, unless you're, you know, truly a trillion dollar plus institution. So any institution you're at, you always have to think beyond that, which is it's not always about the largest institution. But I would say as as an institution our size, $16 billion, a couple of things. One is focus. Um, I was with a partner yesterday who was doing a product expansion and asking about our appetite for it. And I said, not for us. One of our superpowers is focus and being clear about who we are and what we are. Because if we try to be everything to everyone and as an institution our size, um, we just can't be successful. The second is, I think, strategic partners are more essential than ever. Um, we, we occupy an interesting niche, I think, which is we're big enough to be very interesting to a lot of um, partners in the universe, but we are small enough that we can make nimble decisions and move on them with speed. So we, um, I was just yesterday uh, in New York with uh, a key partner of ours in the deposit account opening process, a financial technology firm called Mantle that we've worked closely in building out. And um, partners like that become really important. We actually have a dedicated team at Alliant organized around financial technology onboarding, recognizing that we want to be as good a partner as anyone can be. And that involves not just the original deal structure, but um, 
movement of that partnership as the um, economic environment begins to change and the um, onboarding is occurring and the member experience issues are being worked through. And so I think institutions our size, it's really important to be good at that partnership and to build that muscle. We actually don't have a procurement organization at Alliant. We have a strategic partner management team that helps. Um, we just we were just talking about this with my executive team today. We just took our top 40 leaders through learning and development around how to be good partners because we think that's so important for an institution at our scale. What a fascinating point. You know, if you look just just back just a few years ago in the previous decade, it was always the how can you as a fintech or as a provider adapt to the bank's ecosystem to be able to work better with the bank? But what I hear you saying is that the challenge is actually both, both ways. In fact, if you want to lead as an FI, it's also incumbent upon the FI to determine how to be the best partner, how to create the best kind of ecosystem, inviting others to participate that can really drive value and being able to have not just the, the environment in place, but also what you're saying is the, the mindset around being able to be a good partner, and that'll help you improve your overall value proposition. That's what we have found. Um, I haven't met too many financial technology partners that haven't at one point or another rolled their eyes and complained about how long it could take for some institutions to make decisions. And the next leader and the next leader and the next leader that, that has to be involved. They, they're, they're scrappy and they want to move at a pace that it's hard for some larger institutions sometimes to accomplish. Um, and so being thoughtful about that and the inevitable hiccups that arise. Once the contracts are done around data integrations in a more streamlined way or uh, information security issues in a thoughtful um, way, or compliance issues or member experience. Any number of these things are real life if you're really invested in the partner and the partner's success. And being structured and thoughtful and um, my team that leads this, their mission is to be as good a partner as exists in the industry. And I think we can, when we're good at that, we can help our, our financial technology partners be better and better at working with institutions like ours as well. Yeah, I love that, love that theme. So Dennis, I want to give you a chance to be a little bit provocative here as well. What do you think that members and customers will demand from banks and credit unions in the next three years that the industry isn't so well prepared for? So my crystal ball um, for three years. Um, I think the intersection you see between financial services and other consumer and business experiences and the, the role of embedded payments and embedded is just becoming bigger and bigger. And that just makes the partnership all that more important. Um, it's less common that folks buy something and then decide how they're going to pay for it, but it's all one big interaction. And folks even think about their wallets like that. And so I think that's, a, that's an important one. You mentioned data. I think the, um, you know, institutions are, are, pretty consistently working hard on this, but the importance of having the right platform, the right talent, the right business judgment around all dimensions of it, whether it be member experience design or um, marketing or risk management, it, it plays a huge role in how you think about, especially in a digital experience where, um, where you want to be really good about that. Um, I think, Jody, one other aspect that folks 
always tend to underestimate is the competitive set. So um, mm. in any institution, it's, there's risk at thinking of yourself as the island. There are scale players. Um, even, you know, we, we mentioned this briefly, if you work at a large regional bank, there are institutions that are five or six times larger than you, even though you're one of the top 10 banks in the country. And then there are new emerging financial technology competitors who bring remarkable user experiences who are um, well-powered with marketing to bring those messages to market. And so um, being constantly thoughtful about the competitive landscape, the role of emerging players, new technology players, I think is uh, it's, it's something we try to stay forward on because you don't know what is next, but it causes you to be super zeroed in on the type of member that you want to serve and how you can be as good as possible for them. Yeah. You know, it really underscores, as you were talking about the need for focus, but also agility as well, which I think is what you're, you're implying. In fact, I think that, that what we will see likely in this, in these next few years, during this rising rate environment with the, as you said, expansion of the competitive set, new distribution points around customer engagement from FinTech as well as big tech and retailers is we'll start to see greater disparity in terms of performance. ROA, ROE, greater disparity between leaders and laggards. And in, in many ways, that's it's raising the bar to compete at parity, but also giving potentially greater rewards to those that can excel around focusing on a particular customer segment and a proposition. I like your optimistic lens on that. I think it's right. <laughs> um, you know, it's... It's not, there's, the competitive intensity is real. The pressure of the economic environment that we talked about earlier is real. Um, you know, credit risk in our industry can only get a bit worse from what it has been for some time. And so you start to see that as folks think about valuations and decisions that are being made. On the other hand, you see it time and time again, those institutions that have really compelling value propositions to their customers, to their members, they can bring that to light. Um, they're growing. They continue to be successful, and there are real returns to be had. Well, Dennis, I want to thank you for your very valuable insights and being on our inaugural podcast of Banking on Innovation. I think with how valuable your insights were, I think we'll be able to continue ahead <laughs> in season one. So, Hopefully the producer will give you another one after the pilot. <laughs> Jody, always a pleasure. Um, thanks for the time today, and go blue. Go blue. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, everybody, for listening to episode one of our leadership podcast series, Banking on Innovation. I hope you enjoyed the insights from Dennis and stay tuned for many other very interesting and enlightening leaders to come. Thanks for joining. 